Weren't the kids great? Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. So my my moment was I uh, came out uh, Wednesday and was worshiping and seeing what all they were doing and I'm in the back and the older kids were sitting toward the back and they're doing the songs with all the motions and I'm dyslexic <laughs> and and so I'm trying to figure out the motions and then get them right and finally the little girl sitting in front of me turned around and she goes you might just sing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I said, well, you might just go home right now. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, uh, so, <laughs> Here's the question today. Who are you going to trust? You see, there, there's been a kind of a seismic shift in, in our world when it comes to trust. In fact, a recent study revealed a dramatic decline in trust and the fact is we have become a very cynical nation, a doubting nation. The fact is that customers don't trust businesses or corporations. Employees don't trust their employers. The majority of people do not trust the news or media. And according to a recent U.S. poll, an overwhelming majority of people don't trust the government. In fact, they, they found the least uh, trusted profession today is politicians. And, and here's what I found uh, very disheartening, was how low the trust quotient was when it came to pastors and clergy. For the vast majority, trust is at an all-time low. Truth and trust are connected. In fact, there's only one letter difference between truth and trust, isn't there? The fact is, when, when truth is at a deficit, I believe trust fades. So who are you going to trust? Now, I have learned through the years, and most of it the hard way, that when it comes to trust and people people will fail you. I mean, some do it intentionally, others do it unintentionally, but when they fail you, trust is broken. You know, one of the Ten Commandments is don't make any idols. And in fact, numerous times throughout Scripture, you'll find warnings that we're, we're not to create any kind of idol, and that if we trust anything more than God, that will get jammed up, and I think, well, why, why is that? Well, because anytime you trust anything or anyone more than you trust God, you will be disappointed in life. And I think intuitively we kind, we kind of know this, but oftentimes we put our trust in the wrong things, don't we? I mean, we believe that, that our careers or our relationships or our bank accounts will give us meaning, give us significance, give us self-worth. We, we believe many of those things will provide security. And oftentimes, we're disappointed. It's just a fact. And again, my, my point here is anytime you trust anything more than you trust God, it's an idol, and it will disappoint you. 
So, so who are you going to trust above all else? Because it's a choice we all make. The Hebrew writer writes this and says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to a hope we affirm, for God can be what? Trusted to keep his promises. Trust is built. It's built. Who are you going to trust? That's really a question worth asking yourself. You know, after I became a uh, Christ follower, I think I was like most believers. I was trying to figure out uh, how seriously I was going to take this new Christian faith of mine, you know, that I was, I was kind of processing it. And I understood that Jesus came to this world and that he died on the cross for my sins. I, I fully understood that so that I could be forgiven, so that my eternity would be changed, that I could secure a place in heaven. And, and so I understood that about what, what God had done for me. But I found that I was like, okay, I'm going to make some changes. And I, I decided that, like, I would read my Bible some. I'd say a few prayers. I would get involved in church to some degree. I'd, I'd give a little, you know, throw a few dollars God's way now and then. And so I thought, you know, that's the least I could do for what God's done for me. And it seemed like easy things that I could do, that things that you should do as a Christian. And so I thought, okay. But here, here's the kind of the tension for me. I'd also heard about believers who were highly committed and how their, their faith had changed their morals, had changed their relationships, had changed their work ethics, had changed how they managed their money. And I even had heard that God had changed their careers. And I'll tell you, at the time, I thought, that's a little extreme. And so I I started trying to figure out how committed I was going to be. You know, how much I was going to let this new faith affect my life. Now, I did not realize it at the time, but it was a question of trust. Who or what was I going to trust the most? Now, at the time, there, there was a wonderful Christian man. He, uh, he was my uh, camp dean at, at camp each summer, Dan Spruill. And Dan kind of sensed that I was struggling in my life. And one evening I was uh, sitting off to myself. I was sitting at a picnic table and he came over and sat down and he just simply said this to me. He said, Damon, what are you going to do with your life? Now, I was a teen at the time. I didn't know. And so I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. And I, I can remember very vividly him saying, Damon, I know you like a good challenge. Why don't you trust God with your whole life? Why don't you let God lead you in everything until God proves that he's untrustworthy? And he said, then you could bail. But he said, until then, you give God everything you got. Friends, those words rocked me 
I thought about them for a long time, for weeks and months. And I still remember the impact that they had in my life. There, there was something intriguing to me about the challenge, seeing what God wanted to do with my life, seeing where God might want to lead me, seeing what God might want me to become, and how God wanted to be involved. And for me, it was simple math. I, it seemed like a very minimal risk to me. Since he had told me I could bail at any point that God proved unworthy and untrustworthy. The gain, though, seemed very, very significant. And it seemed like it was worth it to take that step. And so I began to kind of ponder the what ifs. You know, what if? What if God has extraordinary plans for a young man from Memphis, Tennessee? I mean, what if God had a career for me? I mean, what if God wanted to do immeasurably more than I could hope or imagine in my life? And so I decided, hey, I'm going to give God a shot. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to go God's way until it's a bust and God proves that he's untrustworthy. And then I'm out. And that's pretty much what was going through my head. Who or what are you going to trust? Now, I will tell you before the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to kind of dissect things and come to some conclusion in your life. You know, come to that point where you say, you know what, from this day forward, to the best of my ability, I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to faithfully follow God until God proves he's untrustworthy. Who or what are you going to trust? You know, Solomon, the wisest person of his generation, he writes this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What's that mean? You know, I want you to think back maybe when you were dating or, you know, someone asked you out. uh, And whether you realized it or not, whether you were consciously aware, you started a process. From that moment, you started keeping track of the other person's trustworthiness, didn't you? So, so if that person asked you out, and that, or you were the one that said, yeah, I'll go out with you, but if that person says, hey, I'll, I'll meet you at such and such at 6 o'clock, I believe you were probably a little bit relieved when they showed up at 6. Ah, they showed up. Now, if they showed up like a half hour late, you maybe didn't say anything, But my guess is you were thinking, hmm, you know, a little thing, a little thing like time, punctuality. It's a thing you tend to gauge, isn't it? You know, because of how things are moving, my trust is being enhanced or eroded. 
Maybe you took a risk early in the relationship and you uh, decided you'd open up a little bit. So you started talking on a, on a deeper level. And so while the other person's talking, again, they, I don't think this is intentional. But you start analyzing, don't you? You can't help it. In your mind, you're weighing what they're saying, and you go, does that ring true? I mean, are they tethered to reality? You know, are, are, are they being honest? Does that sound far-fetched? Throughout the conversation, again, trust is either being enhanced or eroded, isn't it? And the point I'm making is it's the exact same thing when you're establishing a relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. Trust and truth are connected. And there are risks involved in any relationship. And there are steps that you have to take to move forward. It's not a passive deal. Trust is built. It's always built. Little steps, little risk, bigger steps bigger risk, and you evaluate the relationship as it progresses. Every relationship works this way. And so with God, you're evaluating, maybe after a month, maybe years, you come to a point in relationships, and and you go, I trust this person. Why? Because they've proven themselves. Or, I don't trust them. They've let me down way too many times. Either way, you reach a conclusion, but either way, you have to engage. It's the only way it happens. Same thing's true with your relationship with God. It requires that, that you connect you know, to, to get to a point where you could say, I trust the Lord with all my heart, you have to engage, you have to build a relationship. It needs to be personal, it needs to be genuine, it needs to be earnest, it needs to be something you do on a regular basis in your life. The fact is, you need everyday dealings where you interact with God so that you can evaluate, so that you can determine for yourself and say, you know what? I trust the Lord with all my heart. Trust is built. It's built. It's always built. You know, some of you started coming to Faith Fellowship, and whether you realized it or not, from the very point that you entered, you've been weighing things. You've been gauging what's said. You know, the things you hear in a message maybe a, a song or, or a scripture, you're analyzing that stuff. And week after week, either your trust in God is being enhanced or it's not. You know, it's being enhanced by, by what you've seen, by what you hear, maybe what you felt, or it's been eroded. It's the way it works in any relationship. You know, some of you have been taking little steps in your, in your faith. You know, some of you are, are seeking God. You're investigating. You're, you're diligent in that. Some, some of you started reading your Bible, asking questions, trying to find answers. Those are all steps. 
And to this point, I'm guessing, God's proven himself. Trust is built. It's built by taking steps in your, in your faith walk. You know, if you're going to continue the journey, at some point you've got to take the next step. And, and the next step, it's a big one. And at some point, you, you have to say, you know what? I, I'm going to ask Jesus to be my Savior and Lord. I, I'm going to take that step. And, and this is where people get stuck. They just get stuck. You know, in fact, I'll tell you, some people panic at this point. Because in their mind, it's like, well, what, what if? What if I ask God to forgive me? You know, what if I ask Jesus to be my Savior? You know, what if I ask him to, to lead my life? I mean, what if I do that and, and there's no answer? You know, what, what if God's silent in that moment? And once in a while, some people will come to me and they'll bring me those types of questions and you'll know if you've ever brought that to me. I say the same thing every time people go, well, what if, what if, what if this, what if that, what if, what if I've done such horrible things God can't forget? And I'll say, there's only one way we're going to find out. Take the step. Take the step. If, if God proves unworthy, well, you got your answer. You can bail, move on. On the other hand, if God proves himself worthy and trustworthy, then, then move forward. You know, make Jesus your personal Savior and Lord. And friends, there are hundreds of people at Faith Fellowship. There are millions of people around the world that would testify to the fact that when they ask Jesus to be their Savior and Lord, God responded. Now, I will tell you, people's experiences vary when they take that step. But I'll hear things like people say, well, you know, I I felt like this weight was just taken off of me. It's been lifted. You know, I've sensed an overwhelming peace in my life for the first time. I just felt at peace. You know, I, I felt like God heard me. You know, God forgave me. Words just can't describe what happened. Friends, you've got to ask. And you've got to take the step. And then you've got to continue building trust every single day. You know, as time passes, trust is built. It's built, you know. And what happens is there will come a point where you'll go, you know what, I do trust God with all my heart. I do trust God with everything. At every intersection, I'm going to bring things to God, and you know what, I'm going God's way on this one. God's ways are higher, they're better. Friends, it's all about trust. Who are you going to trust above everything else in your life? You know, I've been a Christian 48 years. Boy, I hate saying that. I mean, I like saying that, but I, I, it just means I'm getting older. Friends, I am more convinced today of God's trustworthiness than I've ever been in my life. It's not even a question anymore. I mean, in hindsight, I, I have never, I've never, ever regretted a single time I followed God. 
Now, don't misunderstand me here, okay? Sometimes it's been hard. Sometimes it's been very confusing. But no regrets for going God's way ever. But I could spend the whole afternoon describing regrets I've got of the times I chose other paths. I call it my stupid file. It's a big file. (laughs) I mean, it's those things where I look back and I go, well, that was dumb. That one really cost me. That was just stupid. Friends, how do you trust God with all your heart? Well, Solomon tells us, do not lean on your own understanding. I mean, what's that mean? It doesn't mean that you disengage your brain. It doesn't mean you disregard what you've learned in life. It's saying, be very, very cautious of a human perspective. Life is complicated, isn't it? You need God's perspective and things. Chances are you will mess things up if you simply follow your human intuition. You know, what's your gut? Ah, that's what I want to do. I was reading a study. It was, it was written for pilots, but it's called 178 Seconds to Live. And the study was 20 pilots that had never taken instrument training. But they were very capable pilots when the weather was clear. You know, they could look out the window. They were able to visibly find reference points, and they were excellent at it. But they placed them in a simulator in very difficult conditions where the clouds were really thick. In fact, at points, no visibility, no reference points. And their task was control the plane. And so they began trying, trying to work their way through it. Bottom line, all 20 pilots crashed the plane and were killed. Again, it was a simulation, all right? But it was because they weren't familiar with how to use the instruments that were in front of them, the things that were available to them. 178 seconds to live. And what I'm saying is, Even if you're really smart. Some of you are really smart. You notice I said some of you. (laughs) But even if you're really smart, even if you have a lot of life experience, even if you excel at school and everything you've ever done, human intellect is limited. It's limited. Sometimes it's flawed. Sometimes it's just dead wrong. And and then you add in the influence of of feelings and emotions and desires and wants in life. And even with the best of intentions, choices that you make sometimes are ill-advised. In fact, sometimes the outcome can be disastrous and destructive in life. Friends, when you key in on the key decisions in your life, you need more than human perspective if you don't want to crash. 
In fact, you desperately, desperately need God's wisdom and guidance in your life. Which God gives you. It's readily available. I mean, it's available through God's word, through scripture, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's that little nudge that goes, yeah, this isn't a good idea. You shouldn't do this. It, It really is that kind of a nudge in your life. The Holy Spirit's going, don't, don't, don't. But friends, you've got to pursue God. You've got to trust God. You've you got to learn to navigate with those things. And you get better and better as time goes on. You know, each time you, you look back and, and you'll say, you know, I am glad, I am glad I didn't go the way I thought I should go. I didn't see that coming. You know, I'm glad that I, I took God's path. You know, I would have crashed and made a mess of this hadn't I listened to God. But you've got to pay attention. You know, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And I want you to notice what that says. In all your ways. It doesn't say, in some of your ways. No, all means all. All means what? All. It means all. Whatever area in your life, hear this. Whatever area in your life that you want to box God out of, you know, whatever area you decide that you can manage better than God, and instead of going God's way, you're going to go your way, that is the area that will likely jeopardize the quality of your life and the quality of the people around you in their life. Let me ask you a simple question. How many holes does it take to sink a ship? One. One. It's always just one. And so in life, you've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention to that stuff because it only takes one. And I know right now some of you are going, yeah, well, you know, I, tr- I trust God. You know, I even follow God. Nine out of ten times, I usually follow God. One, one area where you decide, I'm going to retain control here, God. You know, your career, your, your sex life, your, your finances, your recreational choice, whatever that one is that you're going to hold tight to, that's the one that will get you eventually. Just one thing. One thing that you thought you could manage better than God, friends, watch out. It's every compartment. It's every domain. It's every area of your life. Who are you going to trust? Who? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path what? Straight. Friends, if you trust God, if you follow God in all things, all things, all things, life will work. Now, that's kind of a loose translation, but that's what Solomon's getting at here. It is a promise from God. 
And I want to be clear what God's promising here, because I don't want you going out of here going, wow, this is what it means. It's not saying that you'll always be healthy, or that you'll be wealthy, or that you'll, you'll always be happy in life, or you'll always be comfortable or popular, or thin, or whatever words you want to put in there. But what it means is God will give you direction in your life. He'll give you purpose. He'll give you meaning. He'll give you focus. God will guide your life. God will save you a lot of pain, a lot of pain, if you go his way. It means God will walk with you, and work in you, and through you, to make a difference in this world. It means God will give you inner peace and satisfaction. It means God will lead you toward the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised all of his followers. And friends, I will tell you, that's not a bad way to go. You have one life. You have figured that out, right? You got one life. Do not waste it. Do not and in fact, I would challenge you to give it all to God, to trust God with all your heart, to trust God with everything that you have. And there's absolutely no telling where God will take you. Jeremiah, wonderful promise here. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, I'm going to ask one more time, who are you going to trust above all else in your life? Who? See, right now you have an opportunity to give it all to God. Again, it, it, it's about trust. And, and here's what I know. Some of you, you, you just need to take the, the step and start seeking God. You know, you're trying to figure it out. That's okay to be there. But you've got to take steps. You've got to be pursuing. You know, some of you, you know, what God's pressing you with is you've boxed God out of something in your life. And you go, well, it's only one thing. Well, the question is, do you trust him enough to let him in? Do, do you trust him enough to let him lead and guide you in that particular area? Some of you are in very difficult situation in your life right now. And today's the day that you go, you know what? I'm tired of stumbling and tripping and I, I can't get a handle on this. God, I'm going to give it to you and you help me through it. Maybe you need to take that step. Maybe you need to make Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord. You know, some of you need to take that step. So here's the deal, and we do this often around here. If any one of those things, you go, yeah, I need to turn something over to God. Yes, I need to turn this area. I've got a mess on my hands. I need to trust God. I need to trust God and give him my life and ask him to be my Savior. If any one of those fits you, you stand up where you're at, See, you're going to trust God or not, and I'll pray for you. That's all I'm going to do. Nobody's going to do anything else. We're just, I'd ask you to stand, and I'll pray for you. Do you trust God? Do you need God somewhere in your life?
Do you need to take that step? And I will tell you what Dan Sproul told me all those years ago. Trust God with it. Until he proves untrustworthy. Then do what you want to do. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. I promise you that. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God. God, you see those that are standing. And God, maybe it's an area of life that they're saying, God, I want you in this. I've boxed you out long enough. Maybe it's a problem or something that's just overwhelming. and They've been fighting and trying to fix it. And God, I pray they just surrender it to you and say, okay, God, enough of my stuff. What do you want me to do? Allow you to lead. God, I know there are some here that they hadn't made you their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just whisper to them that you're my child now. You belong to me. I forgive you. And God, I pray that as a church that uh, we would love you with all of our heart that we would serve you, that we would make a difference in this world, that we would be a light in this community of people that love and trust you in all things. God, help us to be the people you called us to be, you created us to be. God, we love you with everything in us. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God's people said... Let's worship together. And uh, Christ is the only, it's the only rock you can really build life on. I mean, never fail you, never fail you.